Hello, Tim here. If you've been enjoying the episode so far, please rate, review, or share with a friend who would enjoy it as well. Also, if you have a story you'd like to share, don't forget to check out the episode description for the submission link. I'm excited to hear from you. This week's guest talked with me about the process of learning to trust her intuition. I'm Tim Mullen, and this is Your Haunted Life. Joining us today is Connie. Connie, would you like to tell us a little about yourself? Hello, um, my name is Connie. Um, I am a fur mama. I have two cats and I have a love in my life and that's pretty much it. Is the story you have for us today one of a kind or a common occurrence for you? Well, I guess I would say it would be common if I put myself in situations like that more often. Um, yeah, I guess it's happened to me a lot of times in my life, but these ones sort of stand out for one reason or another. Gotcha. Well, that's, <laughs> you got the hype night. Like, let's, let's hear the story. <laughs> okay, so my first experience that I can remember. Now, there's a lot in my childhood I don't remember, um, but there is something that stands out. Um, when I was about... 10, maybe 11, um, I had a friend who lived out in the, kind of out in the country, um, and she lived in a big old house that had a barn out back, they had horses, they had a lot of land, and they had a little cemetery right across the street, mm -hmm. and she used to love to tell me that it was haunted, that the house was haunted, you know, because it was really old, and we used to laugh about it and kid with each other about being scared, you know, cause it is a big house and it creaked and you know how that is. Um, and so of course being, you know, ridiculous kids we had to break out the Ouija board Ooh. and it was just, you know, messing around. And at first I totally believed it. And then I realized she was messing with me and I was like, oh my God, I can't believe you got me. You know, so it was obviously her pushing it to, you know, to yes or no or whatever. So it was all just like good fun. And her older brother liked to kind of make that sound worse, make everything seem worse than it really is, you know, because big, you know, brother and sister kind of things being what they are. He was just like, oh yeah, I saw a ghost too, you know? And of course, you know, there's no way he was being truthful. You know, he was just antagonizing us uh, in my opinion, because he was not the type to believe. Um, from what I know of him. So anyway, there was this one day, this I think the second time we did the Ouija board, um, she was just laughing and like, oh my goodness, I can't believe you thought that was real. It's so not real. It's so obviously not real. You know, there's no such thing as ghosts. There's no such thing as spirits or energy. Like she was just going on and on. And the more she talked about how it wasn't real, the more my the hair on the back of my neck stood up mm -hmm. and I just felt like there was something there was some kind of presence that was very angry and I don't know how else to describe it that it was just a feeling like someone is very angry at us right now <laughs> mm -hmm. and it's just such a it's one of those things I just never talk about because people don't know how to take that like it's not sensational it's not no one picked me up and threw me. There was no touch. There was no sight. I didn't see anything, but 
you know how when you're doing something and you're facing away from the door and someone enters the room and you can just kind of tell that there's someone in the room, even if they didn't say anything or make a lot of noise, I could just feel that there was a shift. There was a, there was a change in the environment that I was in. And I was like, we really need to leave. Like we need to leave right now. And she was like, ha ha ha, you're so funny. I was like, no, let's go say hi to the horses. Like I just kind of changed the subject. <laughs> like, let's go outside. Cause I just got the feeling that, yeah, somebody was very mad for us, you know, scoffing and basically saying you don't exist. Um, I don't know what it was. I don't know who it was. I don't know what would have happened had we not left but it just very distinctly to me felt like this is not a safe space anymore we need to go gotcha. so yeah so that was the first one um and there's been little things here and there since then that i don't know i just there's something in the air i just feel like you know there's certain places that were not wanted you know and i just kind of feel like that's okay. <laughs> I don't want to push anybody's buttons. I don't want to make anybody mad. I don't want to be the person that someone reveals themselves to. <laughs> so I'm okay with, I'll leave you alone. I'll leave you to, to do what you need to do. Cause who knows what a restless spirit wants from us, you know, I don't know. Um, so the other one is about someone that I knew personally. So my parents had a lot of stuff. When my grandma passed, we got a lot of her things and we divided them up amongst family members and whatnot. And they had a lot of her, of my grandmother's stuff in their basement, in all in one spot. And there were totes and boxes and mainly totes, mainly everything was in waterproof totes because we wanted everything to stay dry because she had a lot of books. She was a big reader. And she also had a lot of um, family stuff like scrapbooks and photographs and things that went all the way back like she was a big fan of preserving the family and you know old lithographs and like really important stuff stuff that meant a lot to her so we tried to keep everything nice and pristine so mainly stuff was in airtight containers so the reason that's important is because at that point I went down there I was upset I was missing her now maybe that plays a role I don't know but I swear, I swear to whatever the universe is that all of a sudden I smelled that very specific combination of my grandmother's soap and my grandmother's perfume. And it was so clear, like it was so, so obviously not a hallucination, you know what I mean? Like it was like she was standing right next to me. And I did, again, I didn't see anything. I didn't hear her voice or anything like that. But again, I felt like the energy in the room had shifted and there was something there. And like I said, everything was in airtight containers and I hadn't moved, I hadn't moved anything yet. I hadn't opened anything because I tried to tell my parents about it later and they were like, well, you opened her stuff. Obviously her stuff's going to smell like her. And I was like, but I hadn't opened anything yet. That's the thing. Like I was just kind of looking, where would I find it? I hadn't decided which one to open yet. And then the scent happened and I was just like, what? Like, <laughs> like we didn't have tone soap in her stuff. That was just what she used in the bath. Like we wouldn't have just bars of tone soap laying around. You know what I mean? 
So it was very specific and very weird and very like comforting in a way because it was my grandmother and she was an amazing part of my life. You know, she was a very important person to me. So it wasn't a scary scenario where when I was a little kid, that presence was very different. Like that presence was very angry and potentially volatile. Like I was like, it's time to skedaddle, you know, but in that basement with my grandmother's scent right there, I felt like, oh my God, oh my God, she's here. Oh my God, she's here. Like, I felt like I wanted to turn to someone and be like, she's here. It's real. Like something is happening. Like, this is a thing. Like, this is a real thing. This is not just in my head. Like I'm not dreaming. I'm wide awake and I'm looking around and there's no cause for this scent, but I'm smelling it right now. And that was it. Like, it, I don't know. I just don't tell very many people about it because again, it's not, you know, a sensational story. It's not like, you know, an apparition or, you know, a blanket being ripped off someone while they sleep or any of that kind of thing. But man, oh man, I have no explanation for it. And the difference in the two stories is so hard for me to explain too, that in one moment, in one place, you get this really, really creepy sensation, which like I've said, I've had in other spots in other houses, in other apartments. Um, obviously, I wouldn't say it's the same entity, but it's like a similar, it's time to get the heck out of Dodge feeling. Do you, you know? tend to be more sensitive to shifts in mood, um, shifts in intent with humans as well? Is that is that a thing yeah. you know about yourself? Yes, yes. More so now because I listen to myself more than I used to as a younger person. Um, I used to dismiss that kind of thing and I've regretted it since, but yeah, I've definitely been, I've noticed that like, if there's a quiet person in the group, I can kind of tend to guess where they're at, even though they're not telling us, you know, like maybe they're kind of upset and that's the reason they're quiet or they're not feeling well. That's the reason they're quiet. Um, and with certain people, I can kind of tell when I mean, I, I wouldn't say that it's a go so far as being like a premonition or anything like that, but I can kind of pick up when someone really doesn't have the greatest of intentions. I ask because when you're describing that feeling of there's nothing to see, but you, the shift in the room, yeah, that's what I'm comparing it to is situations I've been in with humans where there, there's a shift in the room and mm -hmm. I might not know what it's about. I might not hear if there's an art, but I can tell like something has changed and it's usually if it's catching my attention, it's usually not for the better. And it's, it's time to make my way out. Yes. Yes, exactly. Like between a couple, like if you happen to be at someone else's house yeah. and something happens between the two of them and then they come back in the room and ever, and they're just trying to act like everything's fine, but you can kind of tell that things are not fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of like that. And it's, it's like you said, it's kind of like, okay, I need to come up with a reason to leave right now because I think they need to talk. <laughs> no, and other people might be sort of oblivious. Like I would say there's times where my girlfriend doesn't pick up on that kind of thing. And I need to be like, psst, psst. It's <laughs> time. It's, it's we, yeah. Hey, I'm really hungry. Or like, hey, I really need to go to the bathroom or whatever, just to be like, and so do you be like yeah, it was time it was time for us to go <laughs> yeah. gotcha thank you i'm pretty sure you said the first story was first chronologically is that right yeah um, it was about 
or 11 at the time. So we'll start there. Was there any cultural or religious context that you kind of made sense of that with at the time? Well, I was raised Catholic. So the implication there usually is that, you know, anything, any kind of spirit is to be feared, really, unless, you know, you believe that it's some kind of guardian angel. So, I mean, it, to me, it was kind of like, if you don't feel a sense of, you know, safety or joy or whatever, then it's probably evil. Like, that's kind of a the idea that a lot of us got, I think, from the teachings and church and stuff. Um, heaven forbid it be anybody who's just miserable because they died in a miserable way. <laughs> so that was one of one of those things I did think about. Like, what if the person was just done wrong? You know, maybe they're not evil. So you had kind of internalized that message at that point. I think so. Yeah, I think I I was very very much of the belief that there was something, but I didn't know what. And I definitely got the feeling that there could be sadness, you know, there could be leftover, not happy feelings. And I just didn't know if that would manifest into something that you could touch or not, Right. you know, yeah. Definitely, I was trying not to believe it. I guess you could put it that way. I didn't want to believe, gotcha. but stuff like that was stuff like that happened, and I was kind of like, ah, I have to uncomfortably sit with this because I don't know how I feel about it. So the like, using the Ouija board at the time was kind of just for funsies. Your friend wanted mm -hmm. to do it. You kind of went with yeah, it. Yes, yes, but at the same time, I was very scared of it mm -hmm. because there was that possibility that. You know, it's all fun and games until it's not. Right. Um, you know, because I'd seen some scary movies and, you know, heard some stories. I mean, this was before the internet, so there really wasn't a whole lot that I was exposed to, but enough that, you know, I kind of had the idea that messing around with the Ouija board might not be the smartest plan for a Friday night. Gotcha. Um, but I definitely was, you know, willing to do it because I wanted to kind of, you know, get some kind of evidence for myself. Gotcha. Has the meaning that you've kind of attached to that, has that changed over time? Has it changed with your new experience? Um, so after multiple experiences occurred with, you know, my grandmother and kind of feeling like she was doing little things to, to kind of let me know that she was there I started actively seeking out how to make myself more comfortable with the idea of death and, you know, what happens after death and how we see it and how I don't want to see it. And I started following authors kind of like Caitlin Doty and her Ask a Mortician channel. Because okay. um, I, I, and I loved her idea of her using that term um, death positive. And I find myself definitely within the past few years, trying actively to be less scared of losing people and less scared of, of death in general. And, you know, being around someone who's passed or, um, and it's not like you can just decide, oh, I'm okay with this now, but 
it's a long, long, lifelong process, I think, because we have definitely been kind of programmed to be terrified of the dead. Um, You know, it's the premise of zombie movies. It's, you know, everything like that. You know, you're just kind of ingrained to be terrified of that kind of thing since you were little, you know. Um, But yeah, I, I would definitely say that's been a big change in my life that I've really been trying to recognize my own um, fears of the dead and death in general, and try not to be as terrified of it and try to be a little more, like try to leave a little more room in my, in my heart for what comes next and for where some of those people might be or what's going on with them. As time goes by, I do kind of feel like I, I do believe, so I don't really mess with like haunted places for the same reason I don't just hang out in the ocean because I'm really respectful <laughs> and scared of sharks. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, if you guys want to go do that, you'd go do that, but I'm going to stay right here. <laughs> no, uh, I guess because I do believe. Yeah. No ghost tours for Connie? Nope. Nope. I will watch from my from my safety of my ho- my house. And even then, like, I there's God, there's even a couple of photographs that have creeped me the heck out. Mm. I just feel like there's just too much, too much bad energy. Is there anything else you want to add that you think might help people kind of understand where you're coming from better? Well, I definitely know I couldn't convince someone who doesn't believe. But I would say if there's someone who's not sure if they should believe their own experiences... I would absolutely ask you to go over them again, take out I and put in a friend of yours, their name. If they said these things to you, would you dismiss it or would you believe them? You know? I think that's good advice. You know, if you really put yourself in the spot of the listener, then suddenly the story looks different. It's a lot of people in the world you just read for filth, Connie. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the people who sit in self-doubt, you know, I would just say, man, listen to yourself, listen to yourself, because there's a good chance that your story is very, very, very valid and very real. You know, I mean, our own perception is our reality. So if it's real to you, it's real. That's exactly the... uh the tack I've been trying to take with this podcast. I know some people who have no interest and they don't believe at all. And that's totally fine. But I just, I know what I've experienced and I know when my hairs have raised and I know when, you know, I just have to trust my nervous system because my nervous system has saved my life more than once. So (laughs) I'm I'm going with this girl right here, (laughs) you know? Last question. Mm -hmm. You get to choose. Favorite cryptid, favorite movie creature, or favorite movie ghost? Ooh, that's a tough one. Let's see. I think I'm sort of fascinated by La Girona, the crying woman. Have you heard of that? I have not. Tell, tell me a little about that. So she, I'm pretty sure, I'm, I hope I'm going to get this is, legend. Is this a cryptid so, or a movie? What, what is no, this? No, it's an old legend. Okay. in um mexican folklore okay excuse me um so she is a woman who i don't know if today we would see it as postpartum depression or if she was basically 
you know, devoid of conscience or what happened, but she drowned her children in some body of water that she's now known to haunt. And she wanders, allegedly, she wanders the banks of that water crying for her children. And she allegedly tries to go after other people, excuse me, including children. And so she is said to still walk the banks of that water. And I watched a couple um, episodes on her and she's terrifying. Like it's terrifying, the stories that people tell, the stories that people tell, because who doesn't want to help a crying woman? Like most people are going to be like, oh no, what's wrong? You know, like you're going to want to, and that's the stuff, that's the stuff that scares me is the, oh, please help me. Oh, now I'm going to drag you to hell. You know, like that. <laughs> that's the stuff that's really scary to me. Um, gotcha. So I guess I'm fascinated and really terrified by her. <laughs> awesome. Connie, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, you're so welcome, Tim. Thanks for having me.